You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Josh Long, Legal and Regulatory Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Josh Long with Natural Products Insider. I'm on the phone this afternoon with former United States Senator Orrin Hatch, the Republican from Utah, whose efforts promoting access to dietary supplements is the stuff of legend. Senator, thanks for spending a few minutes with us to discuss dietary supplements and the law that you helped craft and pass through Congress a quarter century ago. I'm happy to do it. That, that law is still very valid. So for listeners who are new to the industry, Senator Hatch was a principal author of the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994, otherwise known as DSHEA. This year is the 25th anniversary of the law's passage, which leads me to my first question, Senator. Has the dietary supplement industry lived up to the vision you had when DSHEA passed? Well, maybe I could answer that in two words. Absolutely, yes. The vast majority of dietary supplements, vitamins, uh, minerals, herbal products, amino acids, and other items intended to uh, supplement the diet are of high quality, they're safe, and they're a vital element to the uh, nutrition of today's on-the-go society, which is a very, very fast-paced society. When we passed the law in uh, 1994, about half of Americans regularly use supplements. Today, more than an estimated 170 million consumers use supplements regularly. And I want to point out the benefits of the supplement industry to our economy. Uh, It is at least a 40 billion, with a B, 40 billion dollar industry in America, and arguably the top industry here in Utah with tourism. When you factor in things like, uh, you know, the the substantial uh, convention revenue. In 1994, we, we estimated it to be a $4 billion, with a B, $4 billion industry. Uh, so you can see how it has grown. It's really become a very, very important part of Utah life. And I think I have to say the life of people all over the world. Thank you, Senator. If you reflect on today's um, you know, gridlock in Washington, the, the political environment, compared to the forces in uh, D.C. and outside the Capitol that led to passage of J 25 years ago. Do you believe the same law could be passed today? Well, I think it would be very difficult to pass it today. Uh, uh, Josh, if you'll indulge me for a minute, let me just relate a little bit of the history uh, leading up to enactment of the law. The substantial battle to enact the share really lasted over three years legislatively. But many, many more, if you look at the decades-long animus the FDA had towards uh, these kind of products, you have to remember that the period when the bill was enacted was a time when there had been a robust, rational dialogue about improving health care. First, Lady Hillary Clinton led a task force that resulted in the failed Health Security Act. Consumers appreciated that dietary supplements are strongly linked to the idea of individuals taking control of their own health. At the same time, there was an uh, there was a growing awareness by consumers, industry, and legislators alike 
that the FDA had been too heavy-handed about how it handled supplements, and this went back decades. Working with tremendous grassroots, uh, a tremendous grassroots coalition, the industry, particularly in Utah, with key legislators, we were able to put together a bill that was approved by the Labor and Human Resources Committee, now it is called HELP, the HELP Committee, on a strong bipartisan vote. I had strong Democratic uh, allies like Tom Harkin, who joined me at the committee to strengthen and improve the bill substantially, and Barbara Mikulski, who stood up to Kennedy in a strong, strong way. Even though the bill was introduced in April of 1993, it took Senator Harkin and me until May of 1994 to get a vote in the committee. By August of 1994, I was able to call S-784 up on the Senate floor where it passed by unanimous consent. Now, that is unlikely to happen today for such a major bill. In the House, Bill Richardson had done a yeoman's job of building support. But subcommittee chair Henry Waxman was reluctant to let it through, perhaps at the behest of the FDA. Finally, we were down to the last couple of days in the Congress, and Tom Harkin and I sent a letter to Waxman uh, outlining what we would need in a bill. The day before Congress adjourned in 1994, Henry sent word he would have a new draft. The draft was very close to everything we wanted. And so we quickly moved to a final negotiating session uh, in Richardson's Capitol office. It passed the House at 2, I think it was 2.49 a.m. that night in the, in the, in the morning, uh, then the last day of Congress, and the Senate the next day. Both by unanimous consent, by the way. President Clinton signed it into law October 25th, 1994, and it was one of only a handful of health bills to go through that year. So when you ask if this could happen today, I would say, I don't think so. But the most important thing, and the reason I believe the, the framework of the law has withstood the test of 25 years of time, was the collegiality experience and trust of the people involved. My bottom line answer to your question of whether it uh, could happen today, uh, Josh, is, is perhaps it would have been harder. Surely wouldn't have passed by UC in both the House and the Senate. And definitely it wouldn't it would not have withstood the test of time as it has. So thank God we were able to do it at that particular time. And the country is much healthier and much better off because of it. Senator, I appreciate that that colorful history. I could I could follow up, but um let's shift gears for a moment because we'd spend a lot of time okay. talking about those days. <laughs> Um, so to shift gears, uh, let's move on to a, a subject that's uh, really been difficult for the industry. Uh, how should Congress and or the Food and Drug Administration address the pervasive problem of products that are marketed as dietary supplements, but they're spiked with undeclared pharmaceutical ingredients? In, in my opinion, this has been too widespread a problem, both the before and after 1994. Some of the adulteration is unintentional, and that can be handled by better enforcement of the general manufacturing practices and by providing the agency with adequate resources for enforcement against the truly bad actors. But most of it seems to be uh, intentional, and that is altogether a different issue. 
there has been some talk over the years of an interagency federal task force to take this on. Given that it is a problem that spans several agencies, such as Justice, Customs, and Health and Human Services, uh, you know, that the, the, they're willing to take it on. I think this would be a good idea. All right. Let's move on to a, uh, a separate topic uh, that you'll be familiar with. The industry has repeatedly lamented the fact that it's uh, two most powerful allies in Congress, uh, namely you and your former colleague, Senator Tom Harkin, who you mentioned earlier, yeah. have retired. Uh, we know most of the lawmakers today uh, in Washington, they weren't in Congress in 1994. And in fact, some of them were, were just kids at the time. So in your view, which senators or representatives are in the best position um, to be champions for the industry and that could actually make a difference? Well, in the Senate, the names that come to mind are Martin Heinrich, Tim Scott, and of course, Utah's two senators. Also, uh, Kirsten Cinema who joined the Senate after I left, but who has been a huge ally over in the House. The list would include the ENC Chair Frank Pallone and the chairs of the Dietary Supplement Caucus plus the Utah delegation. And I don't say this to brag, without Harkin, Hatch, and Jason Chaffetz and Mia Love over in the House, the bench uh, is not as deep as I would like to have, uh, have left it. But it's it's not without its power. I mean, people have gotten so they realize that we have high-quality industries that do a high-quality job, and most people have become accustomed to taking dietary supplements and feeling really good about it. And there's justification for their feelings because uh, the dietary supplement companies are very sophisticated today, and they do a terrific job. And it's not to say that there aren't some people who uh, should not be in the business, but we, we can weed those out. That's true of almost everything in the food, drug, and cosmetics, and grocery business. Thanks, Senator. Let's move on to an issue that uh, Congress may tee up in the coming months or years. Has yeah. the time come for lawmakers to seriously consider adopting a proposal by FDA to Congress, which would require that dietary supplements be registered with FDA? Well, the concept makes sense to me. If this industry wants to be regarded as the mainstream regulated industry that it is, it seems logical that the FDA be able to know what products are out there as they do with other regulated products. I'm also told that many uh, countries abroad have this requirement, so many companies are already used to such a system. Uh, if Congress is to consider a new requirement, that requirement has to be fair and not overly regulatory with, with too much uh, reporting of information that FDA does not have the resources to use. In other words, we should not regulate the uh, dietary supplement industry into the ground, and, uh, which uh, some people will try to do, acting like they're the sole protectors of our health uh, and strength in this country. And I think we have people in Congress who can be very careful about these type of things. Thanks, Senator. So this is my burning question, and I think if uh, whether you're a supporter of the industry or a critic of the industry and you only had uh, two minutes on the phone with you, I think that somebody would ask you this question, which is simply this. Yeah. That it's been 25 years since the law was passed. 
Do we need a significant overhaul of the law? Yes or no, and, and, and why? Why not? Well, you know, I'm pleased that the law has withstood the test of time and that by and large there have not been any real problems. There may be issues for clarification, such as when is a dietary ingredient old and when when is it a new dietary ingredient. Uh, that This is an area that uh, FDA simply got wrong in its two draft guidances, and Senator Arkin and I got them to reconsider. Some are talking about the Shea 2.0. What that means then, in the, well, that's in the eye of the beholder. Some in the anti-supplement ranks see this as an opportunity to open up the act and reverse the things they lost in 1994. Now, some pre-supplement advocates also see it as a chance to win other provisions they could not win in 1994. As I mentioned, I believe my changes contemplated should address a real need, a documented need, not some phony hopped up need that uh, some people would like to get just because they're over-regulatory in nature. This is not uh, rocket science. I mean, they, they can get it to where uh, we know what we're doing. Okay. Senator, do you have any final thoughts you want to share about uh, about the law and, and the legacy you left in, in the supplement arena? I'll leave it there. Well, Josh, thanks for allowing me this opportunity to talk about a subject that I love. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of individuals taking steps uh, to lead more healthy lives, and supplements fall squarely into that uh, arena. When I was chairman of the Labor Committee, a big part of my work was focusing on health promotion and disease prevention. It's a labor of love and a lifelong interest of mine. And as you can see from our talk today, it's an interest I will continue to maintain and uh, with good reason. Right, well, ladies and gentlemen, you've just been listening to uh, Senator Orrin Hatch from Utah. So, Senator Hatch, thank you very much for spending a few minutes with us and uh, have a great week. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.